Good morning and welcome to, to NBC. Oh, you do like to tease me, don't you? From 10 to 10, I've got no speaker, I've got no congregation, but we did have coffee going, so we're all right. I'm glad you're all here, um, and, um, and it's great that we can come and that we can worship together. And we've got a, a special weekend coming up in a couple of weekends. We've got, it's called the Big uh, Church Weekend, where we're doing it between uh, not just ourselves, but with um, uh, the other churches in town as well, where we're, we're going to celebrate all weekend. We've got, um, uh, I think we've got four things that we're trying to achieve. It's um, uh, worshipping together. It's, um, come on, Danny, help me here. <laughs> it, it's community, being able to do stuff, uh, having fun together. It's, it, it's the whole idea of the weekend is, is just to really, for us to enjoy God and enjoy ourselves once again. It's been a tough 18, 19 months, hasn't it? And this idea is that we're able to, to sing, to worship, uh, and to do it together. So we're going to do it as big as we can, and we're going to do it as loud as we can. So uh, do come along. Uh, please sign up. There's, uh, you'll find a place to sign up on our website. So if you can sign up for that, that will be great, so we know uh, roughly how many people are coming. Okay, so I thought we'd do a reading from Psalm 100, and then I'll, inter- I'll put a little f- few of my thoughts in there as well. It says this, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Oh, you guys ain't very good at this, are you? <laughs> okay, let's see. You, yeah. If you can, okay, bring your silence, if that's you. Bring your shouting, your clapping, your whooping, if that's you. So as extroverts, as introverts, let's worship God. So make a joyful no- noise to the Lord, all the earth. Yeah! <laughs> okay. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Bring your songs and your stories and your struggles and your sacrifices. Know that the Lord is God and that he has made us and that we are his. We are his people, then the sheep of his pasture. He's designed and created us. He understands us and he's intensely interested in us. It says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise and give thanks to him. Bless his name. So bring your gifts, your personalities, your strengths, and your weaknesses. And verse 5 says this, For the Lord is good, his steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generation. Because he is just, and he's wise, and he's honest, and he's true, and he's caring, and he's compassionate, and he's eternal, and he's holy, and he is God, our God. So as we come this morning, let's focus our hearts, our attention on him. So let's pray. So this morning, Father, we look to you. So come and and meet us. Meet us in in a joyfulness, but also in our sorrow. Meet us where we're, we're glad to shout your praise. Or meet us even in our doubts. So come and meet us and, and be with us today. May we leave here knowing that we've met with you. We're asked this in your name. Amen. Good morning, my name's Scott. I'll be leading the worship today. And uh, yeah, we had fun in practice because it's like, oh, we haven't done this song for ages. And the truth is, we haven't done a lot of songs for ages. So these ones we, we really haven't done for probably 
18, 19 months. So uh, please stand and let's... We haven't got any words at the moment. We're just trying to sort it. Oh, we haven't got any words at the moment, so... <laughs> Danny, do you want to um, come and do the children's message while we're waiting for words? You don't need your iPad. You don't need your iPad. Got to think on our feed here. Can we? Yes. Have we got the link for the iPad, Yvonne? We well, might be on the same boat. We might do. I'll try clicking into this. We did have words earlier, so they're not too far away. So this morning, cool. So this morning, I thought we could all think about what we wanted to be when we grow up. Or if you're really little, I've got a question for you. What do you want to be when you're big and old and a little bit boring? So when I was little, when I was in, <laughs> when I was in year four, I was absolutely desperate for some strange reason to be an architect. In my head, that was the best job in the world. I was going to be an architect. Not an architect, sorry, an archaeologist. Sorry, that's even weird. <laughs> Architect's a pretty standard job, isn't it? But an archaeologist, I was, I don't know why. I think I got a bag of sand with one of those pots that you glue together one Christmas, and I thought, this will be me. But what is, has anyone else got a dream job? How about some of the smaller ones? What do you want to be when you grow up? A conductor of an orchestra or a train? They're quite different. Music. Anyone else? Anyone else that's a little bit older? Dream jobs? Jim? No, I want you to rule the world. Okay, that's scary. Jim wants to rule the world. <laughs> so what I'm going to do, I thought we could play a little game with this. I'm going to do a Bible link. Um, but, so we're gonna, I'm going to split you in half, not literally. So this half of the room, your team one. This half of the room, your team two. These are some of the most popular jobs according to Google, okay? So it's a, it's a fierce competition. So I'm going to show you an image, and then I'm going to give this team a chance to guess. If you get it wrong, it goes to team two, then it's team two's turn. Is everyone happy with the rules? No, because they're not very good. Right. Oh, no. Can you switch this off for a second? Because otherwise I'm going to give everyone a... And can we go back on now? Oh, we didn't switch off. Fine, okay. Right, so this team, you're going to guess what is this job. There's a handbag, there's some glasses, there's a watch and stuff. What do you think this job is? Spy? No, you're wrong. Right, this team, you've got a guess? Saxon? It is, yeah, it's a fashion designer. That's the number one top job. Everyone wants to be a fashion designer. So team two's got one point, team one's got no points. So it's team two's turn. What is this job? Some glasses of wine. You're not on team two, Daniel. You're on this side, but thank you. Wine taster. Almost. 
Almost. Almost. There's a fancy name. A sommelier. I, I was going to Google how to spell it, but we didn't need to do that with this quiz. So, one point on each team. This team, what's the job? It's a games designer. This team, what's the job? Absolutely. You're doing well. Okay, this is a decider. Okay? So if you think you've got it, hand up and I'll pick you because we're drawing. Okay? So what is this job? Yes, Saxon. Oh, Catherine. No. Go on, Catherine. It was pop star. It's pop star. You were really close, Anthony. Really, really close. So we, we find ourselves in lots of different places doing lots of different jobs. If you look around the room now and you look at people that are in this building, there are people with loads and loads of different types of jobs, jobs where they're in different settings, jobs where there are lots of people, jobs where they're with a few people, but there are a couple of Bible verses about jobs, which can seem odd, can't it? Because lots of our Bible verses and lots of the things we talk about, about loving God, living for God, worshipping God, but there's this job here, um, sorry, there's this verse in Colossians 3, 22 that says this. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as if you're working for God, not for human masters. And I really like the sound of that verse. And I think that really fits what we're talking about in church, especially as we think about our new vision, the sea centered in community. Wherever we find ourselves working, can be something of God. It can be something where we're used by God. It can be something of worship. The place that you find yourself in is completely different to the person in the next block of seats to you, the people that you meet every day, the people that you might meet when you are a conductor of an orchestra will be different to the person that works in a bank and God can use us in those settings. And we call that word calling in church circles God can use you wherever you find yourself working. And talking of calling, Emily. So Emily has been called um, to go and you don't have to wear a mask because you're at the front, which seems a bit counterintuitive because we're now <laughs> breathing on everyone. But um, Emily's been called to a new church. Uh-huh. Um, I'm going to give you this. Do you want to tell us a little bit about it? Yes. Um, can I hold it? <laughs> um, yes. So today is my last Sunday at NBC. Um, I finished with Psalms, who I've been working with for the past three years this Tuesday. And I'm taking up a post at Upton Vale Baptist Church in Torquay on the 13th of September. And Torquay. I. I once had a friend that thought Torquay wasn't in England, because it sounds quite foreign and interesting. It is in England, isn't it? It is in England, yeah. I grew up nearby to there. I grew up in Tynmouth, uh, and we used to call it Torbados, because it was like... I don't know why we used to call it that, because it's definitely nothing like Barbados, not that I've been there either. But, yeah, English Riviera by the sea, which would be nice to go back there. Lovely. Yeah. Um, we'd love to pray for you, mm. we'll pray for you now, um, but is there anything particular, people as they go home or people that are watching on the camera at home would like to pray for you over the next coming weeks, are there like two or three main things that we could pray for you about? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I think 
it's a new, a new season, a massively new season, new place, new job. Um, so just settling in well, making good friends. Um, I still need to sell my house. That's like the biggest um, challenge at the moment. But equally, I know that probably if I'd sold it already, I'd find it stressful trying to do everything at the same time. So I'm trying to trust that God knows the timing uh, with all of that. So, yeah, practical things. Um, also just good health and friendships and spiritual stuff. And yeah. that's more than two or three things. But Did I actually ask you what it is that you're going to be doing? No. No. What is it? I could be, be the doing? cleaner, Just couldn't I? Letting people guess. <laughs> um, yeah, so the post is called um, Minister for the Emerging Generations or Team Leader. Uh, I didn't know what that term meant when I looked at it, but it's basically overseeing anybody that's 25 and under, so children, youth, families, and young adults. So quite a few. Um, this small people. job. Yeah, but equally, this wasn't the job that I thought I was going to do when I was a, a child. Um, I wanted to be an air hostess, but I'm too short, which is sad, isn't it? So there we go. <laughs> cool. It'd be great to pray for you, Emily. Yeah. Um, and then I'll give you the present. It didn't cost 129 That was just the price of the bag. <laughs> Left that on there. <laughs> Lord, we, we thank you for Emily. Thank you for the way that you've shaped her through her life, from, from dreaming of flying in the sky to, to working in churches. And we pray that as she moves, as she thinks about selling a house, as she makes new friends and gets stuck into the job, that she will know that you are with her, that she'll feel a closeness of your presence and she'll feel guided by your spirit. And that she'll feel uplifted by the prayers from all of us here at NBC and from Psalms as well as she leaves and goes on an exciting new journey. So pray that you'll be with her, that she'll feel confident in what you've called her to and the place where she finds herself. Amen. 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 Thank you. It's okay. I don't know what that is, so it's quite exciting. I almost want you to open it now, but I'll, I'll let you open it at home. We can give Emily a clap, can't we? So it is Emily's last Sunday at NBC, so I'm sure she'll hang around. You can have a chat with her in bits and pieces, but... Before we do worship, we're going to do some other singing because it is birthday time. So if you've had a birthday in the last week or if you've got a birthday coming up in the next week, do you want to throw your hand up? Are there no birthdays? We've got chocolates this week, if that helps. Anyone had a birthday? No birthdays. Do we have words? Maybe. Maybe. There we go. It's the optimism I like. Are you sure we've got no birthdays? Somebody... Let's stand and uh, sing with our masks on. Try not to asphyxiate. We're doing Breathe on Us.
um, I've been watching the news this week and despairing at the, the chaos that is happening in Afghanistan and the new storms that are coming to hit the south and east coast of America and the islands that have been hit around Haiti by earthquakes. And we see all this trouble around the world. We see coronavirus spreading. We see other diseases taking hold. And we get despaired and think, God, where are you in all of this? But the thing I rely on is that he made a promise that these things will happen, but that he will make everything new. In Revelation 21, I heard a voice of thunder from the throne. Look, look, God has moved into the neighborhood, making his home with men and women. They are his people. He is their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death is gone for good. Tears gone. Crying gone. Pain gone. All of the first order of things gone. The enthroned continued. Look, I make everything. I am making everything new. Write it down. Each word dependable and true. So this next song is capturing that feeling called on earth as in heaven. We've sung it before, and it's a great song. Let's just remember that God is in control.
We pray that you speak to us today. We pray that you accept our praise. We pray that you accept our worship, Lord. We pray that you search our hearts. We pray that you teach us your word and help us to live your way today. In Jesus' name, please be seated. We're going to continue in worship in about 30 seconds, so enjoy that sit down. Um, If you are in our youth and children's work, so basically... If you go to school, um, your groups start now. If you head out those doors, if you're new, if you're not sure where you're going, um, I'll be out there and I can point you in the right direction. The splendor
Uh, uh, let's pray. Um, Lord, as we come to you this morning, whether we are rejoicing or have heavy hearts, help us to know you as our Father. Help us to lean on you when we need. 
Help us to celebrate with you. Help us to share our lives openly with you, our hopes and dreams, our desires and longings, our pains and weaknesses, our heartaches and our sorrow. Lord, we pray to be close to you in all situations. This morning we pray for the work of BMS, the Baptist Missionary Society, World Vision, working across the world in places where being a Christian can mean death. We pray for the BMS missionaries who have now left Afghanistan, particularly as they seek to continue to influence the situation there. It it must be devastating to leave everything you know. We pray for those in Afghanistan who have worked with BMS, that they are safe and that they continue to stay safe in this very dangerous time. Lord, give the people of Afghanistan strength as they now worry for their futures and protection for those who are fleeing the country. Lord, bring compassion to lead us around the world that our neighbours may find safety. Lord, we pray for elsewhere in the world uh, where BMS supports those who face persecution for believing in you and for standing up and sharing your good news. Lord, we pray for this nation. We pray as things return to normal, whatever that may be, that you would help our leaders make courageous decisions, that you would guide them to make the right decisions, the difficult decisions. Lord, we pray for everybody in this nation as as we face new terms of going back to school or college, university, returning to work, that we might be able to navigate that new normal, that we may may be able to begin healing. Lord, within our church family, I pray this morning for Sue Fairley, for our son Owen and his wife Anna, on the passing of Sue's grandson Roman. Lord, may they know your peace and seek sanctuary with you as they come to terms with their grief. It's difficult to know what to say, but Lord, we know that you cry also out in pain with Sue and her family. Be with them now. We pray for others who may be grieving, particularly Nick and Mary Stenning, and the death of Nick's dad and Mary's uncle. May they also know your comfort. And we pray for each other. We pray for the rest of the church family whose needs we may not know, but you do. And I ask now that just in silence, you speak silently to God with your own prayers, your needs, your thanks, your confessions. Take this time to be with God, our Father.
Amen. It's taken me a while to set up. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you, worship team. Thank you, Rob. It's great to be worshipping again, isn't it? To actually be singing in, in real life. How fantastic is that? So I hope you're enjoying this uh, sermon, this series on um, the greatest sermon ever, the Sermon on the Mount. Um, sometimes we deal with um, themes, stories, and scripture, um, and I think they're so well known that we have to, we need to work harder than maybe than, than we think. And I think this might be one of those times. But um, let's start off and read it together, shall we? Can you read that? You probably know it all in a way, but I thought I'd put the words up because somebody, everybody has slightly different translations, but it doesn't really matter, does it? So let's, um, let's say the Lord's Prayer together. To start with, shall we? Our Father in heaven. So some of you will have prayed this so many times. Hundreds of times a year, maybe. Maybe 365 times a year. Or maybe 50 times. I'm just trying to do some maths earlier. And of course, I, I see Nigel. I'm trying to work out how many times do you think Nigel's said this prayer. 14,000, maybe? <laughs> well, it's a minimum of probably three and a half. Mm. So, I reckon, yeah, maybe 4,000, maybe. It goes up from <laughs> and Cape as well. I mean, many of you, right? But that, after a while, that can be quite a challenge, I think, can't it? Um, I, read a, I read a stat this week. They say that most DIY and home renovation is done in the first six months after you move in. And then in the last six months before you, before you move out. <laughs> The rest of the time, we're too busy. It's too familiar. We go, oh, we can do that later on. So part of today, I think, is I'm going to try and challenge you to look at this afresh. Or go back to the way you've done it in the past, maybe, but not. Let's, let's do something differently. Let's go deeper or 
Yeah, differently or deeper or both. Or apply it. As Scott's uh, t-shirt, right? Scott's t-shirt, never stop exploring the Holy Spirit, I think it says, doesn't it? (laughs) Never stop exploring with the Holy Spirit, it said to me anyway. So let's do a bit of better, but as well as just talking about the application, I'm not going to do too much of that today. We are going to touch on that again later on. But I think we're going to do, do this a bit more in terms of principles, because this is what Jesus is trying to do here. Now Christ is perfect theology, isn't he? Obviously. Looking around the room, I think most of you, I know you're going to nod to that. This is one of the things that Jesus meant when he said the way to the Father was through him. Jesus is the complete and accurate revelation of the Father and the only one we've ever seen in this world, ever. Jesus said, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father, in John 14, verse 9. And he told us, he gave us this model for prayer. We call it the Lord's Prayer. Obviously, it wasn't exactly what he prayed. He had no sin, so it can't have been. He was giving it to his disciples. He gave it to them as a model. So this is what I mean when I say it's the principles here, I think, that matter. Take it apart. Learn the principles. It's not about simply learning it and repeating it by rote. It's, it's a roadmap or a model for us to apply. And you can base your prayers on this, and there are many ways to do so. For some seasons, um, I set an alarm and put it in my calendar at midday, as I know many people do, um, to pray the Lord's Prayer. Other times I've been known to pray it going around it until the Holy Spirit might nudge me to say, dwell on this part. And then I might just go deeper and just just do that for a while. Or I might dwell in each line and pray deeper into it before moving on. Usually maybe rephrasing it, trying to uh, personalize it. But sometimes I just get lazy, just repeating it, going through the motions, not really allowing the Holy Spirit to move me, ignoring Scott's T-shirt that it said to me anyway. So I'm not trying to pretend I've got this all sorted. But rather than have a sermon today based solely on the practical application, which I do want to touch on later, I thought it would be useful to look at what Jesus is modeling here, what he's telling us to, to do in terms of the principles. If you want more help on application then please come up afterwards, talk to one of the LT or one of the prayer ministry warriors that we have, or go to your home or small group. If you're not in a small group, come and talk about how you want to get into a small group. Now, the disciples knew how to pray. They and Jesus would pray a number of times a day. That was their their culture. But they obviously wanted to pray better. They saw that Jesus prayed. He'd go off alone and pray and seemed to be continuously communicating with his father. And, of course, they saw the power that he revealed 
And Jesus assumes that we want to pray. So he warns against acting like someone else. No need for a silly voice or some sort of incantation. And he warns against doing it for others. Don't do it to be seen. Don't do it for show. Do it for real. Don't be verbose. God knows what you're going to say. God knows what your prayers are already. Some translations, I think it's Tyndale talked about babbling. I, I like that. Don't babble. Just be normal. Have a conversation with God. Don't fake it. So don't be hypocritical like the Pharisees or mechanical or babbling like the heathens. Okay, so I'm going to go through each one of these in a bit of detail. Now, our Father who is in heaven, note straight away the groundbreaking, shocking instruction at the time of who to pray to here. Our Father or Abba which is often translated to daddy or dad. It is personal, more than personal. Now, the Jews at the time would often take the vowels out of the name Yahweh, the name for their God, as they were not worthy. He was so awesome. And yet here, Jesus is telling us to call him dad, Now, because of Jesus, we can say our father, our dad. It's hard to comprehend just how offensive this would have been in, at that time, in that culture. And it's still really hard to get it now for many of us. To know it, to feel it, to really understand it. Not just know, yeah, I know that's the, the theology. But it's very clear a number of times in the Bible. John 1 verse 12. To all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Jesus said to Mary Magdalene, I ascend to my father and your father. To my God and your God in John 20, verse 17. Now I've got to say here, this is not your earthly, mortal, flawed dad. I'm saying that because my daughter's here. So this might be tough for many of you. Problems and feelings towards your flawed, earthly father might well get in the way here. The scars might make it hard for you to really get this part of Scripture. So again, there is prayer available here too. If you need some help with that, it might take a long time. Note also, Jesus says, our Father, not my Father. <coughs> I think that's important. So this is who we are praying to, our Father in heaven. As John Stott said, this shows Jesus is concerned with truth, not 
protocol, as always, I would say. Hallowed be your name. So it's sacred. Treated as holy. We're straight here into worship. The holy, the almighty, the powerful. So we are holding here in contrast, intention, these two things. Daddy, who we are to be intimate with, who knows us personally and loves us individually and who is all-powerful, who is the creator, who allows us to breathe. It's the God talked about in power, fire, glory in the Old Testament that John talks about in Revelation. So note, but note the order again. I think the order of this is more important than some of us realize. This is what Jesus is telling us to do, to get in the right place. Do this in this order, maybe. So we have praise and worship at the start of the prayer. We're learning to communicate with the creator, who is also our heavenly father. And this is the important first part. I like to get in the right place personally to pray mostly. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes it's an emergency. And I just get stuck in. But this is where we need to come from, I think, when we can. And then the rest of the prayer, there's basically, as we know, probably seven petitions, seven prayers, seven asks. And I think the order here is important as well. We do God's ways, his name, his kingdom, his will be done, all for his glory. I think you'll get better theology if you think of God as personal, by the way. And then we get to our list. Please, can I have this, that, and the other? So your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is on heaven. So there's a bit of yielding here. Can you yield to God's way? Can you do what he wants? Do you really want what he wants? Do you want to see his kingdom come? Really? His way is best. We mess up. The world is imperfect. But what a thing to aim for. I just find this, to me, this is just awesome. It shows we should be aiming for the kingdom on earth right now. And to me, this is revolutionary. Um, we could do a whole sermon, we could do a whole series on this, couldn't we? The way of God, the, sorry, the will of God, is simply this, on earth, as it is in heaven. We are praying for what is in heaven now. Joy, peace, wisdom, health, all the good promises of the Bible should be here. In our homes, in our church, in our communities, in our schools, in our businesses. What is not in heaven all the stuff we've been worrying about, all the things we've been praying for, the sickness, the disease, the spiritual bondage, 
sin should not be here. 1 John 3, 8. We're out to destroy the works of the evil one. And this is about the kingdom breaking in for the world to become more like heaven. And this is a big test for us here, I think. Are you really praying this with meaning, with faith, with hope? Or are you a babbler? Are we just trotting this bit out? Do we mean it? Are we sincere? Because this is a revolution. Are you more concerned with your will? Do you think you know best? What you think people should do? How the work should be done? Are you putting God in the box? Like I've got to stand this side of the line or something. And I'm not allowed to go that far of the line. Is that what we're doing? Marking where we think God should be acting. Where we think the Holy Spirit. That's, that's fine, but not over there. Sorry, that's something to do with the camera. I'm not meant to walk over there. That's what it was about. If you're wondering, why is he pointing to the ground for? So, what are your values? What values do you display? At work? With your money? On Facebook? With your love? So I challenge all of us. Challenge myself. It's simple but so hard because it is so counter-cultural. This has always been counter-cultural and it's not getting any less so. When we make our focus and our understanding of God's will, the other things that can cause us so much grief will be sorted. Matthew 6, verse 33. This is the lifestyle we're being called to, all in our own different ways, but this is the real deal. This is the will of God on earth as it is in heaven. And it will be one day. We know that. I've read to the end. It says that. But we are praying here for the kingdom to start breaking in here right now. Not sometime later on. Not on somebody else's watch. It's a different way to do normal Christianity. It is a new lifestyle as well. And it's such a privilege to, to be part of this. The gates of hell will not withstand us. Okay, nearly drifted off onto a different sermon there. So, we've got ourselves in the right place. We know who we are talking to. Who God is, where we put ourselves in the right place to do so anyway. We have addressed him, our own heavenly father God, but also respected him and know that he is the creator, the almighty. We've asked and prayed for what he wants, what he wants to see. Let's see the world as he wants to see it. We've orientated ourselves to seek first the kingdom of God. Now we can ask to petition God for what we now want. Which might not have been the same thing as we might have wanted before that initial orientation. Don't think it's going to be, can I win the lottery, please? 
if you've done the first bit right. We know what God wants might not, and what might be for the best. Yet this first petition, oh, sorry, is very practical. Give us today our daily bread. Now, some think this is about something uh, spiritual and, and quite complex. But I'm, I'm more with Luther and Calvin that this isn't too complex. This is pretty much what it says. There are still numbers of you know, different schools of thought about maybe don't make me too rich or too poor, as in the, what the Proverbs say, because that way temptation lies, or that I need food and necessities and basics to live. Can I have it, please? And most commentators assume this is, this is what it is on a day-to-day basis. Don't look too far ahead. I just want what I need today. Doesn't mean that we shouldn't be trying to you know, find work, and, uh, but everything does come down to God's provision one way or other. I like to use uh, one of those really to temper the other one personally. I have no qualms about praying for uh, my business or employing plans to employ others, but I am fervently against you know, that so-called prosperity gospel as well. But again, these are subjects perhaps for another sermon. And forgive us our debts, as we have forgiven our debtors. Um, and I know some people will pray debts or sins or trespasses. And actually, I think all of those different translations work really well at different times. But as believers, we are forgiven for the past. We have pressed the clear history button. You know what? Although we are saints, if we are born again, we do keep sinning, don't we? I think it just means we're not very good at it anymore. We don't enjoy it. It's not the same thing. But we still make errors. Now, again, we could... Sorry. New computer, so I keep um, pressing the wrong button. Um... If you don't know what all this forgiveness means about Jesus as our saviour and so on again, please come up again afterwards because it will change your eternity. But back to those of us who know we are saved yet still mess up. It's really good to obviously take a quick inventory to check again and say sorry, to repent again. This will help us. Say sorry. Ask for forgiveness. If you aren't born again yet, then Ephesians 1, 7 has it all. Uh, I recommend you look that up as well as talk to somebody about the gospel and what this Jesus business is about. Oh, wait. What does it say here? Forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. Our debt to be repentant, and it should mean we are ready and willing to forgive others who have trespassed, who have debts against us. Jesus stresses
to this in verses 14 and 15 here. And also in parables such as the parable of the unmerciful servant. Remember that one, Matthew 18, 23 to 35. And many other teachings. So we have to think, are we holding bitterness against others? Now, if there's a huge transgression against you, one that has scarred you, then this isn't going to be easy. And none of this is easy, even if the principles are straightforward. And maybe this isn't simple. Maybe you need counseling and prayer. Maybe this will take time. But even the atheists know this is good for you. And this is not a free pass for people who have or who are sinning. It's not an excuse for a cover-up or for anybody to escape justice. Jesus is for truth and justice. And we all know that the churches have done much wrong by misusing this. Again, if you need to talk to someone about this, we have plenty of people here who can help and we can signpost you to other help externally as well. But for most things, for most of us, we are not the judge. So again, ask yourself, do we have bitterness in us? Are we hurting ourselves even with holding on to this? And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. We are in the now and the not yet. There is a spiritual battle going on, even though we have won the war. So let's make the right decisions, not the one that looks easy. I don't want to get into a debate here about whether this is, you know, what this is about. All I know is what it works for me. And I know, I believe that this is real. That the enemy wants to whisper to you to take the easy path, the instant gratification, the temptation, whether it's gossip or food or drink or money or online temptations, the countless negatives for you and for others that you both know and don't know, or hedonism or just being careless or being impatient or being lazy or lacking compassion. Maybe you're not praying enough. Maybe you're not tithing enough. Now, the Bible says God doesn't tempt us with evil, James 1.13, but also says that testing, etc., is good for us, also in James 1, verse 2. So what's going on here? Well, again, I'll go with John Stott and others who propose that the evil one is too strong for us without God, that God will deliver us if we call on him, And this is emphasized by the translation used here. So these last three cover it all for us, don't they? We've got basic material needs, our daily bread. We've got spiritual needs, the forgiveness of sins. And we have moral needs, deliverance from evil. And it is clear that Jesus is saying, don't fall into the trap of the hypocrites and the Pharisees who believe in God, but are selfish or hypocritical. And don't be mechanistic unbelievers like the babbling heathens, because this is mindless. Mindless babbling. 
So to pray this Christian prayer means to be obsessed with God. With his name, his glory, and what he wants. It's not about us, our name, or what we selfishly want. It is God-centered. With the right theology of God at the center and a a right relationship with him, our heavenly father. So I'm asking you to think about the principles here with Jesus at the center. Try a few of these ideas to pray it. Choose a new one you've not done for a while. Whether it's praying at midday or going deeper into it one phrase at a time. Allow the Holy Spirit to nudge you as you pray. Personalize each section. Combine some of these. Now, I want you to be accountable on this. Can you let me know how you did? Maybe swap notes with your prayer partner. Work through it with your small group. But feedback would be great, please. I really want you to tell me how you're going with it. Never stop exploring with the Holy Spirit. Never stop looking and praying for the kingdom to break in. And don't forget your relationship with the almighty, powerful creator God that is also your heavenly father. So I'm going to return to my seat And I want you to say it together. And I'm going to sit over there and say it with you. Does that sound good? Our Father. That'll be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Thank you, Ian. I don't know if you noticed, but if you look around here, we've got lots of wet patches on the floor, which to me is very exciting because yesterday there was a baptism here. Um, Jane and Brian um, have, have, um, have not left the church. We don't see them often. They, they're actually working in Stroud, working with those who struggle in life, and they work with the Salvation Army. And, and yesterday uh, they came up and they had a, a, a baptism where seven people were baptized. And you know what I loved most about it was the testimonies. These testimonies w- w- were awkward because they didn't know the Christian language as we did. And it was beautiful because they didn't know the Christian language that we, we had. They're just starting their journeys with, with Christ. And it was so exciting. So do, do pray. As you say, his kingdom will come on, on earth as it is in heaven. Because we're seeing a bit of that in Stroud for the work of, as you say, Jane Bryan and, and the Salvation Army or what they're doing. And just amazing. 
just amazing. And Jane said, um, one of the ladies uh, uh, who got baptised, it was her who initiated it really with some of the others. So, so how exciting that God is on the move. Uh, we're running slightly over, but we have informed uh, the Sunday school and the youth work that we are going to be slightly late because we're going to do communion uh, together uh, this morning. Um, and we're going to do it quite quickly, so we're trying to, to, to keep going. So I wonder if Rachel and Agnes will come and join me at the front. I don't know if you know this, but uh, the, the biggest meal, the Christmas sort of type meal for, for the Jewish uh, nation was Passover. And it was the last thing that Jesus did with his friends. It said that they gathered to have this special meal together in an upper room. And as they were eating, it says that, that, that at that point Jesus stopped and he took some bread and he broke it and he gave thanks. And then he said, this is my body which is broken for you. Eat this and remember me. And that's what we're going to do as we pass the bed round. We're going to remember what he did for us, that his body was broken for us so that we can have a relationship with God. And it said the same way after supper. So Jesus took a, a glass of wine and he said, this is the new Covenant Covenant means deal. This is a new deal that you have with God. And it's sealed with my blood. And you know what that deal was? That he who had no sin became sin for us that we may become the righteousness of God. He took the blame for the things that we did wrong. So in God's eyes that we are pure, holy and right with him. So we're going to pass the bread um, between us all, but we're going to hold on to the cup and we'll drink that together. So I wonder if the band would come up and we're going to serve the band first and then we're going to sing as this this goes around. So um, Agnes, Rachel, you can serve the band first. Let me pray as we do this. Symbols of bread and wine that have such, such uh, huge uh, implications for us. Jesus, your body was broken for us, that you loved us so much that you came and that you died in that cross. This, this new deal that we have with you, Father, sealed with Jesus' blood. So uh, we don't take it lightly. We thank you that you love us so much. And we again just say to you that we love you. And we thank you for that cross. We thank you for what you did. So as we eat, we remember you until you come. Amen.
invite you all to stand if you can. Jesus says, we drink this until he returns. So let us drink and let's remember that we are loved by God. Amen. So Father, I pray that you meet with us. I pray that you heal us. That you heal our hearts. Pray for those who were baptized here yesterday, Father. I pray that you be with them in the coming weeks. Give them strength to, to overcome uh, the, the devil when he schemes. So bless us and move amongst us. May we know your power in our lives. I uh, thank you for that um, death-beating power that you put within us. May we be your mouth. May we speak about you and, and what you've done for us and how much we're loved. Rest this in your name. Amen. Amen. Let's just stay standing and sing the final song. If you need to leave, please do.
don't rush off. We have coffee. Next week, we've got Andrew, uh, who will be, be uh, speaking. Um, uh, we've got Danny uh, is, is going to be doing something for the children who are going back to school. We're going to pray for them. Um, I'm not here next week. I'm in Sciencester Baptist Church speaking there. Uh, but I will be thinking of you. Please remember me. Please remember Sciencester Baptist Church. They will need all the prayers that they can give them. <laughs> Please sign up for the, the big weekend. Um, as you see, you'll find that on the website. But a blessing before we go. So, Father, lead us. Uh, use us for your kingdom. Uh, Jesus, be with us. May we know your presence and the Holy Spirit changes. Make us more like Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. As you say, there is coffee, so do hang around.